welcome to A Slob Comes Clean, the podcast. I'm Dana White. I blog over at aslobcomesclean.com. That's where I share my personal deslobification process. As I figure out ways to keep my own home under control, I share the truth about cleaning and organizing strategies that actually work in real life for real people who don't love cleaning and organizing. Thanks for joining me today. This is podcast number 133, and I'm calling it Mom Guilt. And just to be clear, um, this is one of those subjects I usually avoid talking about, um, but I decided to talk about it today, and I'll explain why. Hold on. Not sure why I just told you to hold on because I just paused it. Anyway, uh, while well, I went and looked up the question, because anyway, long story. All right, so this is a question that I received from one of the patrons, and y'all all know that my patrons are my favorites. If you don't know what the patrons are, go to patreon.com slash clean and find out about that. Um, okay, so this is the question. I'll just read it. Have you done a podcast yet about dealing with feeling like we're failing as a wife, mother, daughter, etc. because of the difficulties we have with being a slob? I know I have days where I really struggle feeling like I'm failing my family when things aren't perfectly picked up and I know I can't be the only one struggling with that. Even though I'm pushing forward and making progress, I feel a lot of guilt some days for what I have and am putting my family through. Perhaps I have a poor perspective of what I should be doing for my family or my own fail or of my own failures, but I thought you'd do a good job addressing something like that. Okay. So, um, you, I'm pretty sure have more faith in me on this topic than I do. Um, but I'm, I, I really wasn't going to answer it because <laughs> I don't have to do anything I don't want to do. Um, but I, it just kind of kept coming back to my mind and I was like, okay, fine. I will answer that. But before I start talking about that, I do want to mention our show's sponsor this week, which is PrepDish.com. PrepDish.com is, um, yeah, is the sponsor for today's show. If this time of year has you running crazy, like it always does, even if you're not writing a book like I am, but you really, really want to serve healthier meals to your family, check out PrepDish. PrepDish is a healthy subscription-based meal planning service that plans prep ahead meals for you. Each week you get an email with a shopping list, a detailed plan for spending one to three hours prepping your meals ahead of time and instructions for cooking your meals on the night you eat them. It's a super efficient method with the planning part already done for you. Listeners of A Slob Comes Clean can get a free two-week trial to try it out. Go to prepdish.com slash a slob comes clean to sign up for your trial. Okay, so we're talking about mom guilt. So I'm going to start out with a little story that was kind of something that happened to me this week that made me go, fine, I'll talk about this. Um, so for, I guess it's been, I guess it was for four days. Um, I went up to my parents' lake house to work on this book. Uh, my mother came down here to take care of my family for me because she was just being great. And I am, I completely know that not everyone in my situation has someone so willing to help and able to help. And so I just want to make sure I express how incredibly grateful I am for that. Um, okay. So, but while I was up at the lake house yesterday, I was determined to get home. I was going to maybe come home today, Friday. Um, but I was just, my brain was done. I needed to get home to my family. I was dying anyway, not dying actually, but you know what I mean? Anyway, so here, here's the thing about going to the lake house. 
is not going to a hotel. Okay. Um, first of all, it's out in the middle of nowhere, which is part of why it's good when I need to write and not have anything to distract me. But, um, yeah, it's, it's out in the middle of nowhere and it is, um, not a place where there's a cleaning person. There's no restaurants that, you know, without driving 30 minutes. Uh, but anyway, so I was there and because I wanted to leave early, I was like, okay, I'm gonna start doing the checklist. Cause my mom has a checklist on the wall of all the things that need to be done before you leave. Um, and oh y'all, I have to tell you, she listened to a podcast recently and I have kind of just lived on this assumption that she would never listen to my podcast. So, <laughs> oh, it's interesting now that I am like, cause I, I, if you've listened to a lot before, you've probably remembered me saying things like, oh, well, my mom never listens. So I'm going to say this anyway, but she does. She has this great list. It's a fabulous, wonderful just such a good list of things to do, but it is great because it helps me, you know, remember and think through, you got to turn off the water, you got to this, that, you know, unplug the coffee pot, make sure that the, you know, the, whatever, it just all these different things. So, um, one of the things is, and this is her system because she is the system type woman is, um, you put on clean sheets on the bed before you leave. So for, for the next person who comes, there's already clean sheets on the bed. And then you're supposed to, um, you know, you put the dirty sheets on top of the washing machine because, you know, the reality of when you're leaving is that you may have to leave before they finish drying. So you just leave them unwashed and you're supposed to, as soon as you get there, put the last person's sheets through the washer and dryer. Okay. So that's the deal. So I was making the beds and I had this moment where I, I was so super proud of myself and I actually thought about texting my mom and going, guess what I'm actually doing, which is, and this is something that has only come up since the existence of the lake house and the reality of me changing sheets in situations where my mother observes the quality of my work. Okay. Um, so it's like flashback to childhood basically. But, um, my mother is dog. Seriously. Um, my mother, did you hear my dog bark? I'm not. Anyway, there's a bird outside. Um, my mother took four years of home ec. Okay. Like in high school, home ec was her subject that she took, you know, all four levels of, she loves it. You know, she, she knows how things are supposed to be done. And so the first couple times that I changed sheets with my mom there or, you know, with her mentioning something later, it was she claims that the proper way to do a sheet is to put it with the pretty side of the top sheet down. I think some some places don't even use top sheets. But anyway, if you use a top sheet, the pretty side of the top sheet is supposed to go down. So like say there's something printed on it and it's like a little bit less bright on one side, you know, cause that's the, the opposite side that is supposed to go facing up so that you can then fold over the top of that top sheet to make the bed really pretty. And the folded over part is the proper pretty color. That makes no sense to me. Like it just doesn't even compute in my brain. And yet yesterday when I was making the bed, I was like, I'm going to do this the way my mama likes me to do it. 
And then I went, you know, she taught me how to do this as a child. Like, here's something that uh, offends me a little bit. Um, You know, sometimes people land on my site and they have no idea the ins and outs because they read one little post and that's fine and understandable and makes sense. But anyway, and they'll be like, well, you know, the only way that somebody knows how to do this stuff is if they were taught properly. And I feel like I am proof of having been taught properly and still it's all a struggle to me, you know? And, and so I was thinking about it as I was so proud of myself for doing the sheets the way my mom thinks they should be done, which makes no sense to me. Um, and then as I was tucking in the corners on the bottom, I was like, yeah, I know there's some special way she likes this done and I have no idea what it is, but I can remember being taught how to do it many, many times in my childhood and having no memory of actually ever caring one teeny tiny bit about properly making the bed. Um, and I don't mean to offend those of you who care because I think that's great if you care. And I think it's great that she cares, but I don't. And it just kind of as, because I'd already been thinking about doing a podcast on mom guilt, it just made me realize, okay, just because, I mean, I can teach them or I can fail to teach them, but the reality is they're their own person. And in adulthood, this is the, this is the, the thing that I tell mothers, you know, or whatever is in adulthood, it's going to have to be their own thing and their level of caring and their, you can teach all you want. And yet ultimately they're going to have to take ownership. So anyway, I feel like I rambled on a lot about that, but here we go on what I'm going to talk about. Let me just be real clear, like super clear that I'm not giving parenting advice. Like that is not what I'm here to do today. I do have some podcasts on teaching kids to clean. I have an ebook called teaching kids to clean. Um, and all of those are fact-based. All of those are strategy-based. They are not parenting advice. I have 18 years and two months left before I will give parenting advice. And yes, that is a very specific number. Um, and let me just tell you it basically, there was a time in my parenting life where I went, yeah, I'm going to keep my mouth shut for about 20 years. And then if anybody wants me to ask parenting advice, I will give it because at that point I will know if anything worked or not, because I have no idea. Um, have you ever noticed something? If you follow bloggers, uh, that especially kind of, you know, because the beginning of blogging was about probably eight or nine, 10 years ago, 10 years ago, probably. Um, and you see people who it was all about their kids in the beginning and then their kids come to a certain age where all of a sudden the kids are like, yeah, I kind of have my own opinion on what I want being told about me. And I can't tell you how many times I have just been so incredibly thankful that I did not start blogging about my kids because that's kind of what I was going to do. I mean, that was kind of the type of blog I was planning to have, but I didn't because of, you know, the story of how I ended up writing about slop stuff. Um, if you don't know that, that's in the first few podcasts, but that I'm so thankful because here's the thing. I mean, and that's kind of what I'm going to talk about today is 
I'm not sharing parenting advice, but I'm just going to share perspective and I'm going to share some experience regarding this question of how do you deal with it when you feel like a failure? Because we've talked, I mean, oh my goodness, this is podcast number 133. That means I've talked almost 70 hours about the strategies and, and trying to get your house under control and what to do when you feel like a failure and how to keep going after you failed again and again and all that kind of stuff. So that's not what I'm talking about today. I'm just talking about the mom perspective, the mom guilt thing. And let me just give a little perspective on the reality of um, to being a mom today versus even being a mom 15 years ago when I got started. I remember when my first child, I was an early potty trainer, when my first child, um, I was ready to potty train him, which was earlier than most people because I was doing cloth diapers. But I had done cloth diapers at a time where nobody, I didn't know anybody else was doing cloth diapers. Like I had no, now it's like known that, well, there's those mamas on the internet doing cloth diapers. I didn't. I mean, I was buying little bits and pieces of random things that I could possibly find and nobody I knew was doing cloth diapers. And so I was really motivated to do, um, to do, uh, potty training early because cloth diapers. Um, and when I, uh, I actually searched online and this is a long time ago, 15 years ago, I searched online or 14 years ago, maybe, and was looking for potty training advice. And I realized there were these people who never did use diapers with their kids. Like it was the, and I've heard of it since then and everything, but it was just kind of this world of, wow. And these people were super into talking about this online. And I just didn't even know that that existed. I didn't know it was a thing. I had never heard of it before. I mean, I lived in Thailand where they don't really use diapers. They just, you know, basically toilet train from birth, you know, they'll hold them over the trash can to pee or I'm getting off track here. So I kind of knew that was a thing that existed, but I didn't know that people in the U.S. were doing that. I didn't know there were people passionate about it. I didn't, you know, and I just remember being like, wow, the internet is a place where I find out what different people are into. Well, fast forward to 2017 in the world of Pinterest, and I feel like there's starting to be a backlash against Pinterest. People are just like, yeah, I can't do that. (laughs) And I go, well, here I am keeping on going, sharing reality with people and some people appreciate it and some people don't, but you know, stop comparing the realities and you hear this all the time. And so I'm not going to focus on this for very long because I feel like this is everywhere. Quit comparing yourself with people on Pinterest, quit blah, 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 blah. You know, but really, truly, I, I am sad for those of y'all who are bringing up your little ones now where there are so many opinions on the internet and so many, you know, you do know about all the different things that different moms are passionate about because it's just right there in your face and, um, figuring out what you're passionate about. Anyway. Okay. Everybody has struggles. Um, but here's, here's my, here's my basic parenting thing that I have gained as my perspective. I am not the main character in my child's story. I am a peripheral character. I am supporting cast at most. Okay. I want you to think about it. When you meet someone and you get to know each other, you may know somebody for a really long time before you talk about their mother. 
Because it is so not the thing that is the first, like, your own identity, yes, it's affected by your mother. Your mother was part of your story. But you're your own person. And I think that's the thing is my kids have gotten older and they're moving into their teenage years. I'm just like, yeah, my kids have their own stories. And I'm the set designer as far as being in my house. You know, I'm the one establishing the setting for their, this part of their childhood. But, you know, when I, when you think about, you know, when I think about my childhood, a lot of my memories are at school. I do have memories at home, but they're not mom focused. Mom's in the background. Okay. My, and I I think that was a thing that I had to realize being a mom is not about me. (laughs) I mean, I have a job to do here and, and, and it's important that I do my job and I work hard at my job of being a mom plus all the other things that I have going on. But it is freeing to me when I, I'm not just saying this is, oh, this is how I try to look at it. This is the reality. I am not a principal character in my kid's story. It's their story and I'm part of it and I have influence on it and some pivotal moments might involve me, but they have their own stories going on, even in the moments, even in those years where their entire world is my home. You know, and I, I think it's sometimes as a mom, I tend to get very, the the natural inclination is to think that every little thing I'm doing or not doing or succeeding at or failing at is a game changer for them. But I'm peripheral to, you know, I mean, their, their world is play. You know, I mean, that's, that's, that's what they do at a young age. And as they grow older, their world is, you know, the work that they're doing, which is school and the, the friendships that they're making and their relationships that they're making. I mean, the, okay. So I think I got that point across maybe. Um, what is going to impact them, whether they notice it or not, is that you kept working on the thing you struggled with and didn't give up on. Okay. They may remember a messy home. I mean, that's just reality. I mean, we all have something from our childhoods that we're like, well, that wasn't perfect, but that's what makes an interesting story. Somebody who just sits there and plays on a clean floor all day with perfectly clean toys. And that's all, that's not an interesting story. You know, greatness. And this is something I heard Tommy Nelson say one time, He's a, a pastor in Denton and I've watched some of his videos. I've never been to his church, but anyway, but he said, you know, if you want greatness for your child, you need to realize that greatness doesn't come from an easy life. Now, do I want my kids to have a safe life? Do I want them to um, have opportunities and blah, blah? Yes, of course I do. But challenges are part of life and challenges are how we grow. And so if their challenge is that their mom struggles with cleaning, okay. I I mean, you know, like life doesn't have to be perfect. And that's the situation that they're in. Does that mean you go, oh, well, you give up? I mean, I, I feel like from the emails that I get from people, 
who truly have some sort of real issue caused by their mother. Oh, I feel like I'm going to step on some toes here. It is generally either an issue because their mother was, they felt their mother was more concerned about cleaning than they were about them as a human. Or it's because their mother or parent had completely given up and didn't care. I do not get sob story emails from people. And and I don't mean, I'm not saying sob story to be belittling because I read every single one of them. And even when I can't respond, I try to respond, but sometimes if I'm not able to respond in the moment, it kind of gets lost down there. But I'm telling you, I read all of these and I care, but I don't get sad emails from adults whose parents tried. And I think that's, that's the thing is, is, are you trying? And as long as you're keeping on going, that's a good example. And as long as you're like, oh my goodness, this is a constant struggle, but I keep going. I mean, yes, sometimes it it does make life harder when they can't find something. And hey, maybe they'll be the person who puts everything where it goes because they got sick of that happening in childhood. Yay for them. Okay. Or whatever. But I don't know if y'all watch the middle or not, but um, (laughs) she's, you know, I've I've talked to people who are like, oh, I can't watch that show because their house is so messy. And I'm like, yeah, it's really not that bad. Um, but you know, like she's, she's loses school notes or whatever. And it's, it's just, it's, but when it comes down to it, those kids love their parents and know that they're loved, you know? And I, in one of the recent episodes, Brick, it was just one of their kids was, um, see if I talk about them, then I'm not getting super personal. Right. Uh, but Brick was, uh, so he was switched at birth for a month. There's this funny story of this other family had him for a month and he ends up meeting the family that he lived with for a month. And they have like this amazing baby book. <laughs> and the other kid is like, well, where's my baby book? And they're like, um, you know, cause she didn't do a baby book. And the other parents had a baby book and videos and all this kind of stuff, I think for, you know, him having been with them for one month which is hilarious. Um, but you know, and then, and, and Brick's like, it's like, you know, the mom starts, uh, Frankie is the mom and she's like, Oh, he's just, this is, he's going to hate us. Cause they were such a better family and blah, blah, blah. And Brick's like, um, I want to be a writer and writers don't come from perfect families. So <laughs> it's like, I'm good anyway. And it just, it, it's very sweet. And, but that's the reality. No family is perfect. Every family has their struggle. Every mom has their struggle. Every mom has their thing that they're not great at. And if they, if, if you get the impression that a mom does have everything together, well, then that's her problem is always only telling anybody about the perfect stuff. That's her problem. Cause I guarantee you there's non there's non-perfect stuff going on. Um, and I want my kids to grow up in reality. And the reality is that people are not perfect and, everybody has a struggle and this is your mom's struggle. Okay. Um, all right. I am going to, uh, talk about the spiritual side of this. So I'm warning those of you who get your undies in a wad over that. Um, and I hope you'll listen, but I just want to let you know that I'm about to go spiritual because, um, my faith is the number one thing in my life. And so it affects parenting and my perspective and, all of that more than anything else in my life does. So it would be inauthentic for me to not talk about that aspect of things. So I'm just letting you know, 
here we go. We're going to get spiritual. Okay. All right. Um, something as parent that I think I probably thought about, but I hadn't put into words until probably about five years ago when, um, my pastor had spoken on it and I was like, yeah. And I mean, it, it's, it's one of those times where I go, yes, he's right. That is what's most important. And I totally agree with that, but I hadn't put it into words yet. And because once I put it into words, then it lets me have it affect everyday decisions in my parenting. Okay. And that is what is my main goal as a parent? Is it for my child to be a good citizen who keeps their room clean and gets straight A's and has a successful career and makes a lot of money? Or is it that they love Jesus? And that question just was like, okay, you're right. It is. I mean, that for me is ultimately the only thing I care about. And that might mean that my kid um, doesn't get a traditional job and instead goes and lives in, you know, a third world country. And maybe according to the rest of society would not be considered successful. But is that what matters to me? Or is it that they love Jesus and that they actually have a personal relationship with Jesus? Because it does not matter. If they know the churchy things, if they don't actually personally choose to follow Jesus, that's not something I can control. That's not something I can dictate in their lives. That's not something I can make happen as a mother. It's their decision. Okay. And it's something that they choose to do. They can choose to embrace it or they can choose to reject it. That's all up to them. No matter how much I wish I could control it, I can't. There is no controlling there. So as a parent, what is it that is my goal? Is it that they love Jesus or is it that they are successful? And so that is something to consider if you're a Christian as a parent. What is it that you care about? Do they need to know how to keep their room clean? Of course they do. Do they need to understand how to let go of stuff and declutter things? Of course they do. But ultimately, when it comes down to, wait, what's more important here? That, okay, and, and I'll tell you, this is not parenting advice because I don't give parenting advice. Um, and maybe this is wrong or right, but I, I think it's the right thing to do. And that is, I'll talk to my, I will answer any spiritual question that my kids have. Not that I know all the answers and I will tell them, I don't know all the answers, but if they want to bring something up, we will talk about it. I mean, my kid the other day, what had he studied? He had studied something that brought about a question in a history class and he came and he was supposed to be in bed. Um, and he's a little old for, you know, I mean, anyway, but he was supposed to be in bed. He comes out and he's like, Hey mom. So we studied such and such. And I'm like, okay, well, yeah, that makes sense. But let's look at it from a spiritual perspective. And, 
you know, and then we talked for 30 minutes. And then as I always say to my kids, anything else you want me to preach about? Cause I'm ready. Um, but you know, whatever, talk about anything, any kind of spiritual issues they want to talk about, talk about it. Okay. That was completely a rabbit trail there. Um, but here, here's one of the things that God has really dealt with me over the, on, over the last, I don't know, five, six years. I am not supposed to feel sufficient. This, it's, and I I get where it's coming from. And I think in some situations, yes, I can understand as long as you have the right perspective, but this whole, I am enough thing. Spiritually, as a Christian, I'm not enough. Like that's kind of the point that that's, I am not supposed to feel like I have things all together. I am not supposed to, and I don't mean like he doesn't want us to feel that way. I'm just saying that's reality. I am not enough and I am, my efforts are not sufficient, period, because that is what my relationship with Christ is. It's, he is enough. I can't do this on my own. And it is only through what he has done for me, removing my sins, that is, that's it. Like that, I I can't do this on my own. And so demonstrating insufficiency to your children is not a bad thing. Because when we, I'm super preaching here, so, but I warned y'all, okay. Um, when we try to make it look like we can do this on our own. We're lying. Because we can't. That's the fact. That's who Jesus is. That's who he is. Okay. And my inability to be perfect is actually important to show to my children. Okay. And my dog's still barking. Okay. Um, here, here's the thing. Okay. Your kids have their own life story and the messy mama is an interesting character in their stories. All right. Because y'all know my theater background and I personally, does my accent get stronger when I start talking about this kind of stuff? I feel like it does. Uh, anyway, so I'm the messy mama in my kid's story. Okay. And y'all know, I think I read about this on my bathing suit post where I was like, you know what? Every story needs interesting characters. And sometimes you got to be willing to be the interesting character. Meaning, um, if everybody is just pretty and whatever, and everything, everybody looks perfect, that's not an interesting story. You've got to have the crazy, quirky, you know, person wearing the embarrassing bathing suit. That's part of an interesting story. For your kids, if you struggle with messiness, well, that's just a fact. This is their story that their mama struggles with messiness. So are you sometimes going to be the the hilarious character who doesn't necessarily join in the laughter? Yeah, you are, because that's what makes an interesting story. Okay. And you're part of your kid's story. Um, and I will finish with this. How long have I been talking forever? Um, oh, not too bad. Um, okay, so I have an ebook that's free. If you want to read it, it's called, um, giving God the worst of me. You don't even have to give me your email to get it, but I'll, I'll link to it in the show notes here. Um, but it's basically the spiritual side of me being willing to 
write about my slob problem, you know, being willing to let God use that however he wanted to use it because I did not want that. Anyway, it's all in the book, but the ebook, um, but when I finished writing that, and I may have told this story before, but when I finished writing, giving God the worst of me, it was a real writing that ebook was an act of obedience to me because I, as y'all know, you know, if you've read the book, you know that I'm like, I can't not share the spiritual side of things. I know I'm talking about cleaning and organizing, which almost never has anything to do with spiritual stuff, which is kind of part of the book. But anyway, I needed to have that there. So if you want to read it, you can. And so when I finished writing it, it was, it was very emotionally exhausting. And I had read it through all the way one time and was like, this is it. This is what it's supposed to be. And I was emotionally exhausted. And anyway, so I go and I take a shower and my brain always works while I'm in the shower and I'm talking to myself out loud because that's what I do. And as I was talking to myself, I, it just kind of came up in my little internal monologue or external monologue that this is not the story my mother would have written for me. Okay. Like she, she wouldn't have written this for me. She's one of my biggest fans. She reads what I write. She didn't listen to the podcast, but she reads what I write. She, she is so incredibly supportive of all of this. And she's a great cheerleader with it. But if you would have asked her when I was a young child, what, you know, to write my story, which I think she always had a really great ability to not try to write my story for me. Um, but if you would have asked her to write my story, being a slob blogger is not the story she would have written for me, but she's so glad that this is my story. I'm so glad that this gets to be my story because if I have to have a struggle, I'd rather have this one than, than some things that other people struggle with that are so much more life altering and significant. And, you know, I'll, I'll take this one. Okay. But it was, I was just, I was realizing, wow, she's so supportive. This is not the story she would have written. And for the first time ever. Okay. And I don't remember what year this was, maybe three years ago, something like that. So my kids were probably, you know, nine, 11 and 13 or 12 or something. Um, I, for the first time ever was like, if I die, my kids are going to be fine. Not that I was going to die. Okay. But I did go and email two different friends, one who knows my husband and one who knows all my blog stuff. And I was like, Hey, just so y'all have each other's emails in case I die, I really need this ebook to go out in case I die before I'm able to get it out. I said, I know y'all know I'm crazy, but anyway, but I had lived in fear as a mother. My biggest fear was dying because I didn't want that to be my kid's story. I didn't want them to have that color their entire life. And in that moment where I realized I am so thankful for what my story is, even though it is not one my mother would have written for me, I realized, okay, if I was to die right now, 
that would be what God used in my kid's life to create their story. God would use that. He'll use anything. That whole me being insufficient, the beauty of that is that he takes that thing. With me, it was this stupid weakness of cleaning inabilities. He'll take that thing and he will turn it into something beautiful. And the reason that it needs to be a weakness is so that it's obvious this is God's power, not my power. I am not the one with the power here. Okay? And if that is part of my kid's story for their mom to die, then God's going to use it. And it was this incredible piece and also emotionalness of realizing that that thing I had held, I don't have any control over that. I have no control over that. Okay. And am I going to do everything I possibly can to live? Um, yeah, I totally completely am. But if something happened to me, that would be their story and God would use it. Well, guess what the I'm hoping, I'm hoping that's not part of their story. And I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that's not part of their story. But guess what is part of their story? Having a mom who struggles with cleaning. And God's going to use it. I mean, I don't know how. And it's probably not going to be some big dramatic chapter in their life story. My mother was a slob. You know, it's not. Because they're like, um, yeah, I'm kind of doing my own thing. You know, kids, what, I just want you to think about how your view of how you see things is your view of how you see things. And your kids have that too. I have um, a friend and uh, she's a missionary and we're not terribly close, but you know, we've known each other kind of, you know, just casually for several years. And I heard her speak one time and she said, um, they had, they were going to be leaving one country, which is where their kids had grown up. And they hadn't told their kids yet that they were going to be leaving. And she really, really wanted God to show them where the next place was that they were going to be going to before they left. Like that was her thing she wanted to control. She really just was like, I really want my kids to not have to be in limbo of, you know, I mean, we all know how hard it is when one thing's ending and you don't know what's coming next, whatever. She really was just like, I, she just prayed, God, please, please just, just let me have this thing where I can tell the kids where the next place is that we're going before we tell them that we're leaving this place where they've grown up. And he didn't, he didn't. And they didn't know. And they left not having any idea what was coming next. I mean, they, they moved back to the U S for a little while. And what she said just impacted me so much. And I think about it all the time. And that was, she was like, I found out later, even though I was frustrated that things did not, that I wasn't able to control this, that, um, her children, her, she was having a conversation with her son and her son was telling her how, you know, what God had been teaching him in this situation of not knowing where they were coming next. And she realized, oh, this is not about me and me controlling 
my kids spiritual understanding. God is working in their hearts individually. That's, that's what it's about. There's no, oh, I'm in a, from a Christian family. And so I'm a Christian. No, you're not. That's nothing to do with, you know, and it, it's not for, it wasn't for you. And you had to realize that. And I hope you do realize that, but it's not for your children either. God has to work into their lives individually. And that was like such an eye opener to me. I just went, Oh yeah, I have no control. I can influence, I can teach, I can tell, but I don't have any control over their decision to follow Christ. And it's their decision and God is going to work in them individually. And that takes such pressure off to just go, okay, you know what? God's, that's part of my trust in him. That's part of my faith in him. And just knowing that, and I, I think it's that remembering that they've got their own story going on inside their head and you're not writing it. You're not the one writing their story. Okay. I have preached like nobody's business today. So I'm going to stop there. I'm going to remind you that, um, I take summers off from podcasting. I believe I have two more podcasts left that I'm going to do. I may or may not get them done. Not sure. But um, go ahead and subscribe in whatever podcast player that you use. If you're in iTunes and you go over, you know, well, I guess you, if you haven't subscribed, of course, yeah, you go over and you look up a slob comes clean, subscribe to that or subscribe to um the podcast email at a slab comes clean.com slash podcasts. And the reason that I say that is because I'm taking off for the summer that way, if by chance I do a podcast during the summer, cause you just never know what's going to happen. Or if, um, you know, once I'm back in August, I don't want you to have forgotten about my podcast. Okay. Like, Oh, Oh, you know, so just go ahead and subscribe in that way. You'll it'll go ahead and just show up when there's a new podcast in August. But I do believe I have a couple more before the school year's out. Um, but yeah, then I'll be taking off time with my kids. So, all right. Um, I wish you the best. Happy Mother's Day for those of you who are mothers. Um, and I will talk to you guys next week. Bye.